Hello. Hi, beautiful. You have the most gorgeous smile I have ever seen in my entire life. Welcome, dear divines, and step into the shimmering moonlight. Immerse yourself in the mystical realm of Moonlight Divine, a podcast dedicated to illuminating the path of witchcraft and spirituality. Here, under the gentle glow of the moon, we gather to explore the ancient wisdom, celestial connections, and sacred rituals that awaken our divine essence. Whether you're a seasoned witch or a curious soul, Moonlight Divine invites you to embark on a transformative journey of self-discovery and magic. So gather your cauldrons, invoke your inner goddess, and let the moonlight guide you towards a world of wonder and limitless possibilities. Welcome to Moonlight Divine, where the cosmic dance of the universe awaits your divine presence. Hello and welcome back, dear divines, to the Moonlight Divine Podcast. I am your host, Renee, and frankly, I am sick as a dog. I am so sick. My head hurts. I'm sneezing. I have full body aches. I guess that's what happens when you have very young nephews, and I swear I get sick every time I see them. Thanksgiving, Christmas, we just went on a family vacation to Disney. I got sick then too, and I am just freaking miserable over here. So um, I don't want to do a lot of editing on today's podcast, so if you get annoyed by certain things I say or anything like that, just know that I'm just too sick to edit, and that's how it's going to be in this episode, and I'm so sorry if it annoys you. So let's get into it. Today's episode is going to be about quantum healing and Reiki. A little bit about my journey and how I differentiate between the energy and what it means. So a lot of people just automatically talk about Reiki because it's more popular, whereas quantum healing does more in modality and it is more in-depth than Reiki, at least to me and what I do. So the way that I do quantum healing is different than what is basically explained on the internet. So with quantum healing, it involves altering a patient's consciousness to achieve mind-body healing. And this mind-body energy medicine is derived from meditation, which involves the balance of mind, body, and spirit. Some practitioners will use quantum drinking bottles to transfer energy and heal injured body parts. But the practitioner usually helps the client to heal by aiding the flow of life force energy known as qi in Chinese, to healed, injured um, body parts. This healing method dates back to the early 19th century, um, and it was developed by Deepak Chopra. And it's similar in energy to Reiki healing, but it's a little bit different, and I'll explain how I see it differently later on. But Reiki is a complementary therapy that works with the energy fields. It involves energy transfer from the palms of a practitioner to the client's body. In Reiki therapy, the practitioner places their palms on the patient's head, limbs, or torso for about 5 to 12 minutes before moving to another body part. This therapy helps relax the client's body and foster natural healing through mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Reiki also started in the early 20th century, in the 1900s, having originated from Japan. So both are Eastern medicine, and um, it 
basically energy healing has existed through ancient times. Many people have confessed to receiving its benefits through meditation and touch therapy. Reiki and quantum are forms of energy healing where practitioners treat their clients through life force energy transfer. Both healing methods foster the self-healing process and does not involve the administration of any medicine. So there are similarities between Reiki and quantum healing. Reiki and quantum healing are both meditational and involve positive energy transfer within the body and between the body and the universe. The two healing forms are similar in that they use energy flow through different techniques, including touch and the use of symbols. They do not involve diagnosis or treatment, but instead offer a healing atmosphere to aid in self-healing your body. They foster healing through energy balance in body, mind, and soul. They are traditional forms of therapy, but do not involve the application of medicine. And both therapies are believed to heal common ailments such as flu, stomach, aches, terminal illness, and cancer. So there are differences. Um, This is textbook, though. So Reiki and quantum healing are both meditational, but they exhibit some differences. So a Reiki practitioner seeks to transfer healing to a client from a supernatural power through touch therapy where the healing energy reaches the body from the universe. In quantum healing, however, the therapy involves creating energy balance within the body to heal injured body parts um, by removing accumulated energy. Quantum healing can also involve other objects with an energy charge, such as a drinking bottle, crystals, etc. A Reiki practitioner acquires healing energy from another practitioner by attunement, while a quantum healer acquires the healing power through practice and meditation. In Reiki healing, positive energy flows from the universe through a practitioner's hands to different body parts, while in quantum energy, It flows from one body part to another. During the transfer, an energy balance is created that causes healing to injured parts. So Reiki healing takes place on three different levels, levels one, two, and three, each offering a complete healing process, while quantum healing only occurs on one level. Reiki is more ritualistic, and it depends on the healing from a supernatural power, while quantum healing is not ritualistic, but rather meditational and usually comes from your own soul or body. Reiki is passive and the client is not actively involved in energy transfer while quantum therapy is active and requires the client to relax, to meditate, to receive healing. So that is basically what textbook says quantum healing versus Reiki are. I'm going to delve a little bit more into how I became a healer and how I got to where I am, as well as how I do my energy healing for others and kind of, I don't know, we'll just delve into it and see where things go. So I actually didn't even know that I was a healer until 2021. I have always had healing energy. People always came to me for advice. I have always been like a middleman, like a mediator. Um, I've always been someone that a lot of people can rely on and come to when they're sad or upset. And that's kind of like how I thought I was a healer. 
until later on. Um, but I ended up going into the medical field. And I've noticed being in the medical field that people would flock to me. Like they would be very, very sick. And even though they'd be like really crotchety and angry at other people, they would approach me in a different manner. They would come to me really hopeful, um, very calm. They would be comforted as soon as they would come to me with their issue. And I always thought it was kind of strange. I just thought that I was a good person. And, um, you know, people just liked me and didn't want to yell at me because I was nice. So that's kind of like how I grew up. I didn't actually know like I was a healer. I kind of just did things and it just had people gravitate towards me. It's so weird to talk about this, actually. Um, And I always had like a bunch of friends, a bunch, like... I was in the popular girls in high school, but I myself wasn't popular, not by today's standards. I, like, hung out with the popular girls, but I wasn't popular. Or maybe I was. I don't know. I ended up getting pregnant in high school, so (laughs) I'm sure I got popular from that. But um, I ended up going in the medical field. And I was someone who a lot of people relied on, my coworkers, my managers, the clients, the um, patients. Patients, their name are patients, not clients. I have clients now. <laughs> um, and so I kind of just, just thought I had like a healing aura. I didn't actually think that I was a healer. I never actually went into this thinking I was a healer. I knew I was psychic eventually after I woke up in 2020, um, and I kind of went into being a psychic that way, and after, like, being on TikTok for a year, I came across someone who I very much appreciate the way that she came to me because she asked me if I wanted to learn Reiki, and I was like, yeah, I absolutely would love to learn Reiki, and so we actually did. We sat on Zoom and she taught me how to do it. She gave me the attunement and it was only one thing. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I know that with Reiki, you're supposed to do multiple levels, multiple certifications and classes and all that stuff, but I only had the one Zoom call and I got the attunement and I kind of went from there. And it's kind of strange to look back on because I probably should go and get my Reiki Master certification because I do Reiki, but not as much as I do quantum healing. And I'll get into that later. So with Reiki, I've noticed that you basically take the life force energy and you push it. You push it into wherever it is that needs healed. Um, A lot of times it's the chakra points. It can be an injury, although the healing that I do is mostly emotional trauma-based healing. I'm not actually, like, healing wounds of people. I feel like you should see a a physician for that. I am so, like, grounded in reality as opposed to a lot of other healers where they're like, oh, I can heal that. Yeah, I can probably, but it's probably best you see a medical professional Um, I like to walk the line between physical and spiritual, and so some things you definitely should see a doctor on. My healing is more 
for the emotional trauma healing and releasing that's blocking you from manifesting or creating your own energy within your body or finding the balance within your own body. And I kind of take that energy in a different way than Reiki. It's not pushing energy. I'll talk about it in a minute. But there are certain aspects of Reiki that I use in my practice. Like, for instance, if I am doing a body scan of your energy and I notice that the channels between chakra points are blocked, I will use an exercise that is used in Reiki to unblock it. Basically, I was taught that there is the kundalini energy within some people. It looks like a red rubber ball and you take that red rubber ball and you basically bounce it back and forth between the root chakra and the crown chakra. Now, I don't do this for everybody. Sometimes I bounce it only between two chakra points because I don't want to cause any imbalance within a body or energy. I'm just there to heal it. And so that is where I'm using Reiki in my practice. I'm not a Reiki master. I do have the system. I do know how to attune people But for me, it is a personal preference not to use Reiki when I'm healing. What I actually do with quantum healing is many, many, many different things. (laughs) It's so many different things. But the main gist of it is, is I find and diagnose in your chakra points or your body the emotions, the trauma that is needing to be transmuted and healed to find balance. The way that I see this and the way that other people see this is always going to vary. It's going to change person to person, but the way I see it is either it looks like black spider webs or a black seed or black vines, kind of like like a sludge or um, I don't know if you guys have seen, oh god, what's that game with the ink? It's a fudge. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like I used to watch it all the time on YouTube, but it's like the cartoons with the ink. I don't know, but if you ever figure out what the name is, it kind of looks like that. It looks like black ink or spiderwebs or sludge, and I take it and I transmute it. I'm not giving you energy. I'm taking the energy that is in your body. I'm taking it from darkness and I'm transmuting it to light. And then it is a means of balancing within your chakra points. So it depends on what exactly happens in the trauma. I do see the trauma, unfortunately. So a lot of times I do end up crying because I'm experiencing it with you. I'm healing it, I'm transmuting it, and while I'm healing and transmuting, I'm also talking to your inner child or yourself in that traumatic moment to give you love and show you love so that you can change your mindset on that specific traumatic event. So I do many, many different things when it comes to quantum healing all at once, whereas Reiki, it's just pushing energy. Quantum healing itself is more in-depth. And that's why I always tell people I'm a quantum healer and not a Reiki master. Well, I'm not even a Reiki master anyways. I am certified in Reiki, but I'm not a Reiki master. But 
to me, I actually prefer to use quantum healing over Reiki. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Um, I also do this thing called theta healing. Theta healing is connecting to the divine and healing. Um, you basically heal remotely. And so I ask the divine to help me heal something, whereas I don't have to put energy into it. The divine ends up putting energy into it. This could be something as simple as a warm hug. It could be as simple as infusing your body with certain elements or energy of herbs like uh, peppermint for headaches or butterfly pea flower for headaches or mint for the throat chakra. You know, it just depends on what it is that you need healing, but I do a mix of all three. It's crazy to me putting yourself into a box of healing when you can do multiple levels all at once. And I have never really had anyone come to me after being healed and tell me that they feel imbalanced. They usually come to me weeks, months later, telling me how I changed their life. And I'm not saying this as a means to like toot my own horn. I'm just saying that for me to not put myself in a box, I'm able to help someone become way more balanced in the future where they don't need multiple healings. They're completely healed. Now, also with quantum healing and any energy healing at all, you have to make sure that you maintain keeping your client grounded, especially if you're working in the upper chakras, the ones that are connected to divine feminine. So the lower chakras, the root chakra, the solar plexus, and the sacral, those are all connected to divine masculine energy, and that's all connected to your physical reality. So when you have imbalances within those three chakras, it's because you are having issues with your physical reality. When you are having issues with your spiritual reality, it'll be your throat chakra, your third eye, and your crown. Those are divine feminine, which is the subconscious, which is connection to spiritual. Your heart center is in the middle. If your heart center isn't balanced, you yourself are not going to be balanced. Your divine feminine and masculine energies cannot merge. And that's why we do a lot of work on the heart chakra. <clears throat> Anyways, back to my journey. I started doing healing clients remotely and I was seeing results. I couldn't think of the word, sorry. I was seeing results. But I actually started gaining opportunities to do retreats with other people and do healing in person. It started with my friend. She and I went to Colorado and it was supposed to be just a trip for like our birthdays. And we ended up staying at her friend's house who she had been doing quantum healing on. And we did a joint quantum healing together. And I, in that moment, knew that's what I was meant to do. I was meant to do healings in person, but I didn't know exactly how to do so. I didn't know how to bridge the gap from my social media online presence into a physical reality. 
until I was talking to my twin flame and we ended up, um, well, we didn't. He ended up inviting me to his retreats and I ended up being a facilitator at his first retreat where I was able to actually do the healing energy in person. What I didn't realize is how much energy that it took to heal one person. And I was healing multiple people over multiple days. I was very ungrounded. I cried a lot. I was transmuting way more than I should have. And I still didn't have a lot of boundaries when it came to my healing and my healing modality and touching and helping other people. That sounded horrible. When I say touching, I'm not touching anyone in a disrespectful manner. It is all consent-based, and I always ask before I touch. So just so you know, I am one that preaches consent and making sure that people feel comfortable before I do any type of healing. Anyways, uh, as time went on, I went to more and more of his retreats. I actually got invited to another retreat uh, where I did also do quantum healing. Um, this was through a different friend that I had met who was also a facilitator at the first retreat that I went to. So I went to her retreat. It was co-ed. It was beautiful. And it really helped me see how I wanted to run my own retreats. I wanted it to be peaceful. I wanted it to be drama-free. I wanted it to be people who actually wanted to be there and who actually enjoyed talking to me and seeing me and those kind of things. Not people who felt threatened by me because of my connection with my twin. And I noticed the difference between masculine ran retreats and feminine ran retreats. With the masculine, it was very driven, very punctual, very structured, whereas the divine feminine was more fluid. We didn't really have time periods. We didn't really have rush, rush, rush. It was kind of, uh, it was really free-flowing, and I kind of liked that a little bit, but I also liked the structure. So what I actually did for my own retreat, because I hosted my own retreat, Back in October, I have a couple more retreats coming up, one in February for Galentine's, and then in April for a co-ed retreat in Utah. I learned that I want to have a structure. I want to have an itinerary, and I want things to flow. So we have an itinerary, but it's not like you have to be there that very minute. You can have time to be a little bit late. We can be a little fluid because obviously when you have 10, 20 different bodies and different people all with their own personality and their own strengths and flaws because let's face it, we all have flaws. And I wanted to make sure that we all felt welcome and not rushed because healing itself is so taxing on your emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. And so when you have someone who is more free-flowing and accommodating, it allows a safe space and comfortable place for people to come together. 
And I did have a lot of fun with my retreat, but I also learned a lot from the retreats that I facilitated at prior. And I want to say that I never really attended a retreat for myself. I've always facilitated at them. So I've never actually like experienced a retreat where I wasn't working. And so it's been a little wild to me because I never really got to experience the other side of it. Um, It was more of like me working it and practicing my healing. And since I've been doing it for, oh God, I've been healing people in person for like a year and a half now. Um, ever since, you know, I've done that, I've learned what works for me. I know I need to ground before and after. Sometimes I know that I need to release stagnant emotions that I carry because with that transmuting, I take my own energy to transmute it. So my energy ends up taking on the negativity, the negative emotions, and they need to be released. So I tend to ground myself before and after. I got a little off topic there, but with energy healing, it is so important to ground yourself before and after because a lot of times you can take on the energy of your clients and you may not understand why you feel certain ways after. And sometimes when you are healing a client and their specific fears, you can take on that specific fear. Um, say for instance, someone is really insecure when it comes to their relationship. They always feel like someone's going to leave them or just a fear of abandonment. You can end up getting that fear during the week. Like you can be completely afraid that someone's going to leave. And because of that, it is so important to ground yourself and release that energy. A lot of times you have to walk barefoot in the grass, sit in the grass, lay in the grass, like anything with earth so that you can release that energy and have it transmuted by mother or, or excuse me, mother earth. Again, like, I'm sorry, I can't talk. I'm sick. I'm going through it over here. So, um, And now I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Does that ever happen to y'all where you get sidetracked and distracted and then you just can't think of what you were talking about before? Um, But yes, it's important to ground yourself because with healing other people's energy, you tend to take on their fears and their negativity and their trauma. And there's a need to release it into the earth. If you don't, you can carry their insecurities and their fears into your daily life. And that can be very draining and very distracting for you and you may not understand why you're going through it you may just be like oh my god why am I getting triggered left and right or oh my god I'm feeling very paranoid it's because you're carrying your client's energy and it needs to be released same thing with candle magic and all of that stuff we'll talk about that in energy exchange episode but it is important to kind of release that so you're not holding on to it and of course there's other types of healing obviously Reiki, there's quantum healing, there's theta healing, there's also pranic healing. There, There's so much different healing modalities and it's up to you to choose the right healing practitioner for you. I say go with your intuition and how you feel 
uh, being in someone's presence as opposed to what it is they actually do because there are different methods and different things can work for different people. Just like you would shop around for a doctor to make sure that the doctor's going to, you know, care about you and actually listen to your concerns, do the same thing with your healer, with your healing practitioner, because you can go to a Reiki master all you want, but if they don't care about your overall well-being and your balance, then it's not going to work out for you in a good way. You also want to make sure that the practitioner is going to ask you how you feel after they do the attunement because if they're just willy-nilly doing healing on you and not asking you how you feel you can leave the practitioner feeling unbalanced and ungrounded it's so important to check in with your client's energy so that you don't leave them unbalanced as they leave now I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose I don't think that they're purposefully trying to get you unbalanced but Are you going to do a surgery without double-checking your work before sewing up the patient? No, you're not. So you should always have a practitioner who cares about your well-being, but also ask you if you're doing, how you're doing, what you're feeling before you leave their care. Honestly, there was so much more that I wanted to say in this episode, but I am just feeling completely awful. (laughs) And my brain is not functioning anymore. So I feel like it's probably in everyone's best interest that I stop talking and just allow myself to heal. You know, (laughs) take my own advice. (laughs) Go rest. Um, And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about in future episodes about quantum healing and Reiki and those kind of things. Um, Our next class is going to be about energy exchange. Did I say class? OMG. The next podcast is going to be about energy exchange and what that means, especially in witchcraft and spirituality, as well as client-based care and sexual energy. It's a lot. So there's a lot about energy exchange and everyone talks about it, but no one really goes in depth about it or what it means. And so I figured I'd do a little podcast episode about it because why not? Um, I am doing sex magic classes. If anyone's interested, they are on my website. We just talked about the history of sex magic in Wednesday's class, which was pretty badass. I did create a uh, recorded class for that And I'm going to be uploading it to an unlisted YouTube link so that when you guys want to order it, the classes that I've already done, you get a link in your email of the recorded video or podcast. I'm not sure which one it's going to be yet. But I'm going to do that for every single sex magic class. So if you're listening to this podcast... After the classes, you can still order them because I still am going to have all the information for you to listen to, and you can listen to it over and over again. Um, Also, we're doing a New Orleans Galentine retreat the weekend after Valentine's Day. I'm super excited. It is only $350 per person. It does include lodging as well as food and three classes. It's only the weekend, so we couldn't fit more classes into that. 
Uh, and then we have the Utah retreat in April. It's going to be during the solar eclipse. I'm super excited for that one. We're going to talk about manifesting and astrology and those kind of things. So if you guys are interested in any of those things, you can head on over to moonlightdivine.com. If you are on your phone, just scroll down. You'll see everything um, past the merch and all that stuff. So I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend. And I'm going to go get some rest because I'm exhausted. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Moonlight Divine Podcast. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on this mystical journey through the Moonlight Divine Podcast. We hope that each episode has illuminated your path, sparked your curiosity, and empowered you to embrace your own divine essence. Whether it be connecting with your intuition, exploring the depths of your spiritual practice, or seeking healing and balance, may you find inspiration and guidance in the stories and insights shared. Remember, you are a radiant being of light, capable of creating your own reality and tapping into the infinite wisdom of the universe. Embrace the power within you and let it guide you on your journey towards self-discovery and spiritual growth. We invite you to stay connected with us on social media, where you can continue to explore the divine mysteries and stay updated on future episodes. And if you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out and let us know. Your feedback is invaluable to us. Until we meet again under the moonlight, may you walk your path with grace and courage, knowing that you are always supported by the loving energies of the universe. Thank you for being a part of the Moonlight Divine Podcast, and may your journey be filled with magic, love, and endless possibilities.